bulletin, your worship guide, and just beyond the, um, <clears throat> the title and text of the message is, uh, are some notes that <clears throat> I'd, appreciate it if you would, uh, I'd appreciate if you would follow those. I think it'll help us both. It was, uh, it was my freshman year at uh, Samford. It was the first semester of my freshman year, and it was New Testament introduction. Dr. Billy Harris was the professor. Some of you know uh, Dr., the late Dr. Billy Harris. And uh, so we came in this day. Everybody was settled as class began. Dr. Harris said, take out a sheet of blank paper, and there would be a, um, a pop quiz on our assigned reading, which I had not done. And uh, so I improvised. There was somebody sitting next to me, me who was not very careful. It was basically my neighbor's fault. And I, um, <clears throat> I looked over at uh, his or her answers. I don't remember who it was. And, and I wrote, I just wrote the answers. And then when we had finished with the quiz, uh, Dr. Harris said nonchalantly and looking at no one in particular, if you copied someone else's work this morning, then just don't pass your paper in. Well, my heart sank. I had, I'd been caught. And so when my neighbor behind me passed me their, you know, their papers, I, I just kept mine on the desk and passed it forward, and um, I, I had let down my professor. I had cheated my co-students because, you know, when, when I cheat, it makes it, it's not fair to those who actually did the, the reading, and I still, that was, uh, that was 1977, and I, that was, what's that, 47 years later, I still feel um, embarrassed, ashamed about that. I actually saw Dr. Harris years later. And I reminded him of what I had done, and I thanked him for his grace. And somehow that story came to mind this week as I've prepared to talk about honesty, trustworthiness, truthfulness. We're at the ninth commandment. It seems crazy that time is flying like it does. We're already at number nine, which says, do not bear false witness against your neighbor. Billy Joel recorded the song, many of you will remember it, in 1979, and then Beyonce recorded it in 2008. If you search for tenderness, it isn't hard to find. But if you look for truthfulness, you might as well be blind. Honesty is such a lonely word. Everyone is so untrue. Honesty is hardly ever heard, but mostly what I need from you. Have you ever taken an honesty quiz? Sometimes they're on TV or in print. They ask questions like this. Would you take 14 items to the express lane if the sign said 10 items or less? I'm going to take that nervous laughter as confession would you use another person's address to get your child into a better school? If you were filling out a form for health insurance, would you conceal information about a previous injury or illness if you thought it would get you better rates? 
The results of those honesty quizzes always show that we Americans are honest when it's convenient. God demands, however, that we be uncompromisingly honest at all times. Look at your outline the first, at the very top, Proverbs 6. It says, seven things nauseate God. What an interesting image of God nauseated. Seven things that nauseate God. Two of them are a false witness that speaks lies and a lying tongue. In Proverbs 12, we read, the Lord detests lying lips. He but he delights in people who are trustworthy. God seethes with anger when we are dishonest, but he beams with parent-like pride when we make hard but honest decisions. The context in which the ninth commandment is set appears to be the courtroom. It says, do not bear false witness against your neighbor. But every Old Testament scholar that I have read says that this matter of of false witness is not limited to the courtroom, but extends to every dishonesty, every deceit, every untruthfulness, because, in fact, every lie, every dishonesty, every deceit is harmful to our neighbors. So anytime we're not honest, it is harmful. So this this commandment, just like the previous eight, uh, has broad implications. Let's talk about some of those broad implications. Let's talk about integrity. Integrity is a, if you will, a a branch of dishonesty, of honesty. To be honest is to be a person who is consistent, the same, no matter where we are, no matter with whom we are, that we act the same and say the same and do the same, no matter where we are. That's integrity. It's being the same. The word integrity comes from the Latin, which means whole or not divided. So we are consistent no matter where we are, no matter with whom we are. Have you ever seen up close, looked closely, maybe I should, have you ever looked closely at a bat? Bats have the wings of birds, but they have the face of an animal, a rodent in particular. They are mammals and they are nocturnal. They come out only at night. Why is it that they come out only at night? Well, the the Yoruba people among whom Carrie and I worked when we were in Nigeria have a legend about, about the bats. Long, long ago, there was a war between the animals and the birds. And uh, the fighting was fierce and the hatred was deep. And the, the bats were cowardly. They didn't want to get involved. And so when the birds would come around, the bats would say, hey, don't, don't hurt us. We're, we're birds just like you. See our wings? And then when the animals would come by, the bats would say, don't, don't hurt us. We're animals just like you. Don't you see our faces? Until, and that, get, that worked for a while until the animals and the Birds both figured out they had been duped by the bats, and they pledged that if they ever caught a bat out, they would kill him. And that's why, according to Yoruba legend, that's why the bats only come out at night so as to avoid both the birds and the animals. Have you ever been batty? Have you ever... Have you ever said this to one crowd and acted this way and done this with one crowd and then said and acted and did something different with another crowd? It would be an interesting test of our Christian commitment, would it not, if we got everybody together in one room? We, we get our 
our classmates or our co-workers. We get our, the people that supervise us and the people that we supervise and our clients. And we get our social circle. We get our civic club. And, and we all invite them to Sunday school. And everybody sits in the Sunday school room and talks about how consistent we are. It'd be a good test of our our consistency of our integrity. If everybody said the same thing, that, oh, he acts and says, she acts and says the same no matter where he or she is, then that's integrity. But the opposite is, is duplicity. And to be honest, not to bear false witness, is to be a person of, of integrity. Look at, at Jesus. Jesus was a model of integrity. When he was being grilled about his teaching the night before his crucifixion, Jesus said this, I have spoken openly to the world. I spoke nothing in secret. Jesus said, I've always been consistent. I've always said the same thing. No matter where I was, no matter with whom I was, I've always said the same thing. Jesus said, you can can poll the publicans or the prostitutes. You can phone the Pharisees or my family. You can summon the Sadducees or my supporters, and they all will tell you the same thing. I've always been consistent. That is integrity. And Job has a wonderful pledge. Would you find that on your outline, please? Job of the Hebrew Scriptures. We think of him as a a person who suffered unfairly, but he was a person of integrity as well. Look at what he declared. As long as I have life within me, the breath of God in my nostrils, till I die, I will not deny my integrity. I want you to take a moment to look at that on the screen and here in the room on your handout. And then I want us to say that together. Now, don't be dishonest, but if you mean it, let's say it. Would you you join me? Let's say this together. As long as I have life within me, the breath of God in my nostrils, till I die, I will not deny my integrity. Do not bear false witness means integrity. It also means impartiality. In Acts 10 and Romans 2, and it's on your handout and on the screen, God does not show partiality. And James 2 says, show no partiality. If you show partiality, you are committing sin. Impartiality means treating people fairly and respectfully, whether they can help us or not, whether they are influential or not. It means treating people fairly and respectfully, whether they are, whether they treat us well or not, whether we like them or not. It means treating people fairly and respectfully, no matter who they are. You know, we, are, we want to treat people well who can help us, right? But to be impartial is to treat people fairly and respectfully, whether they can help us or not, whether they treat us well or not. And that is hard. In 2002, in my hometown of Anniston, there was a big trial. Abernathy versus Monsanto. Monsanto was sued and had to pay $700 million. It was national news. And the people that, now there were local people, um, local attorneys that were doing the, you know, helping those that were suing, but, but Monsanto brought in these big high-powered suits. And some of them weren't, weren't kind. Some of them were rather pompous. And, and some of the the ill-mannered mouthpieces for Monsanto treated the judge badly. They were, they were somewhat disdainful even toward the judge. It was judge, circuit judge Joel Laird. 
Dennis Love wrote a book about that titled, My City Was Gone. I love it because it's about my hometown. My City Was Gone. Judge Laird, now remember, he's treated disrespectfully in the courtroom by Monsanto's attorneys. How did he handle that? This is what he said. I'm human. I was bothered by it. But it just made me more determined to be as fair and impartial as I could be and keep everything on track. Judge Laird was honest. He's human. So these guys are getting under his skin and he's tempted to treat them differently. But he makes a choice, a conscious choice, to treat them fairly and respectfully, even though they're not treating him respectfully. Jesus did too. He treated people fairly and respectfully, whether they were rich or they were poor. From the men who were proud of their positions to the women who were ashamed of their profession, Jesus treated people fairly and respectfully. Do not bear false witness means means treat people fairly and respectfully no matter how they treat you. Be impartial. Next thing on your outline is timidity. Let's talk about timidity. I think this, for me, this week in preparation has been the one that I have learned most about and taken most to heart. Timidity could make us bear false witness if we are too timid. And here's what I mean by that. There are two ways to to bear false witness. We can do it actively. We can slander people. We can gossip about people. That's active bearing false witness. Passive bearing false witness is when we don't say anything. When we overhear someone who is gossiping or slandering, when we overhear someone saying something that's not true, when we don't speak up, then we passively bear false witness. In Jewish law, really interesting to me, in Jewish law, in a court, if, you ha- if somebody's being charged and you have had information that would exonerate him or her, but you didn't bring that to the trial, then you were just as guilty, you were found just as guilty as the person who introduced false evidence. So think about that. So someone introduces false evidence against this person who's being charged. You have information, you don't speak up, then in the eyes of the court, you're just as guilty as the one who brought false evidence. Look at Leviticus 5.1, it's on your outline. If anyone does not speak up, when they know they have relevant information, they will be held responsible. It is just as wrong to, not to defend someone as it is to attack someone. It is just as wrong not to clear somebody as it is to smear somebody. And I want to take a quick side trip. My first church uh, job was in 1975, and it was my home church. I was the, the, I wasn't paid, I was the volunteer song leader. Now, it was in my, my home church you didn't have to have a lot of talent to be the music guy. You know, in some ways, my home church is a lot like First Baptist Huntsville. <laughs> so, I, uh, 
My first paid job as a minister, I was, was, uh, I was a freshman in Sanford down at Helena at, when it was a small town. And then, of course, after, after I, I, was a, I did music all throughout college, and then went off to Venezuela as a journeyman, came back as a pastor during seminary and two pastorates, went back as a missionary. All that to say, I've been on the inside of church for a long time. And I even did a, a little work as a consultant helping churches with conflict. And, uh, and then, in addition to all that, I've been a part of two peer learning groups for um, almost 20 years. And in those peer learning groups, we share best practices, but we also have shared hurts and scars and wounds over the years. And, and let me tell you what I have come to recognize. When it comes to church, the biggest disappointments have not been from bullies. It's been from people who let bullies bully. When it comes to church, the greatest hurt is not from people who have been slanderous or said bad things. It's from good people who didn't speak up. The greatest hurt has not been from active criticism. It's from the passive allowance of things that have not been true. And that's, I'm talking across the board. It is just as bad to not speak up when somebody is gossiping and slandering as it is for the gossiper and the slanderer. And in fact, is, is probably, no, not probably, it is in the church world more hurtful. To be a person of truth and integrity, honesty, means we are, we're not timid. We are, we are courageous enough to say what is right and what is wrong and to speak up and not withhold, to use the courtroom analogy, not to withhold evidence. Let's wind this up by talking about authenticity. Ephesians 25 is on your outline. In the message it reads, no more lies, no more pretense. Tell your neighbor the truth. In Christ's body, we're all connected to each other. After all, no more lies, no more pretense. Tell your neighbor the truth. In Christ's body, we're all connected to each other. After all. Over a year ago, I began uh, the series, The Twelve Steps for Us All. And on the first Sunday, everybody who came into worship that day was asked to wear a sticker. Choir, do you remember what the sticker said? I've got issues. You heard it from them directly. The choir has issues. <laughs> we all say we've got issues, right? To remind ourselves and each other that we all have issues. We all have wounds. We all have scars. We all have uncertainties. We all have imperfections. That was, that was important as we kicked off the 12 steps for us all. One of the greatest gifts we have to offer as followers of Jesus to our world is our authenticity. People are begging for people of faith who will be honest about our uncertainties, about our flaws. And the same is true about our church family, our Christian family. It's, it's a great gift to be able to say to people, this is my hurt. These are my wounds. These are my uncertainties. When I've said those things, people have echoed back. Let me tell you about mine. Let me tell you my story. I'm not talking about being whiners. I'm not talking about making people misery by focusing on 
making people miserable by focusing on our own misery. I'm not talking about seeking attention by telling everybody how bad our life is. But I am saying let's be honest. Let's be transparent. There there are two levels of this honesty. One is the, the church level, where as a church we say we've got issues and we don't pretend you know, there's a, there's a song, uh, Casting Crowns sang a song, are we shiny plastic people under shiny plastic steeples with walls to hide our weakness and smiles to hide our pain? Are we honest? Are we, tra- are we are, or do we hide behind smiles and walls? It's been said, I've said that there's more real fellowship in an Alcoholics Anonymous meeting than in the typical fellowship hall of a church because we're honest and open and authentic. But there's a deeper level of, of, of transparency, of honesty. It's, it's finding either a small handful of people or, or one person, an individual, with whom we'll tell every, to whom we'll tell everything. We were at step five last year in the 12 steps for us all. And I went to a longtime trusted friend and I told him everything. The embarrassing stuff, the ugly stuff, all the stuff. I trusted him completely. And he didn't give me advice and he didn't shame me. He just listened. He asked a couple of questions for clarification, but he just listened. And when I left there, it was the strangest feeling, the feeling of liberation, of freedom. It's hard to explain that because I didn't have any secrets anymore. I say that to people who are in recovery. They all nod and smile. Yeah, we understand that. That's, we understand that. To be honest is to be authentic. It doesn't mean, as Miss Shelley said, telling our business to everybody. But it means telling all your business to somebody. To come completely clean, to to tell the the raw, naked, unadulterated, unvarnished truth, to be completely authentic. Do not bear false witness against your neighbor. Let's be honest, painfully honest. And let's be people of integrity who don't play games and don't pretend here and pretend there, but we're not batty, we're the same with everybody. And let's not be timid. Let's be courageous enough to speak when it's time to speak, when, when someone is being attacked, to be courageous enough to say, I know that not to be true. Let's be impartial, no matter whether people treat us well or not, to be impartial. And let's be authentic, honest, and open. And let's, be, let's be honest. 235 is the hymn that we're going to sing. 235. I invite you to sing that. We are singing so that you may make a public decision. To be part of our church, to follow Jesus, to go public with your decision you've already made to follow Jesus. We sing not to wrap things up, but to invite you to come, and we're going to be waiting for you and expecting you. Let's stand, please.